Welcome to the My Family Coach podcast. I'm Claire and each week you'll find me interviewing a guest expert to find out more about the tricky world of child behaviour, all in handy 15 minute-ish bite-sized chunks. At the end of each episode we'll send you away with three practical tips. It's perfect for parents, carers and professionals working with children. And if this episode leaves you wanting more, you can watch, listen and read our wide range of free resources on the My Family Coach website. I'm joined today by Lauren Seeger-Smith. Lauren is CEO of bullying prevention charity Kidscape. She has worked with children and families for over 20 years and is a passionate campaigner for children's rights. And this is a two-part special and Lauren and I in both parts will be talking about gender and bullying. Enjoy the episode. An individual can feel ostracised by not conforming to the norms of the group and that that ostracizing can then turn into to quite significant forms of, of bullying or even starting off at a lower level uh, and then really escalating. But I'm, I'm just thinking that with that ostracizing and with that group of bo- boys that you're talking about, I'm just wondering about with the, the bullying forms, is it more likely to happen online or is it more in person? Because I know that that will be on parents' carers' minds. Yeah, so I asked that, the boys that and they said it was mainly face-to-face physical. They didn't oh. spend an awful lot of time online. Um, what they used were WhatsApp groups. Yeah. So I would say WhatsApp groups are probably one of the most pernicious means of communication out there at the moment. With young people, that's certainly what comes up a lot for us with the young people we work with in the parent advice line. And that's because it's all about the group. It's the power of the group. On WhatsApp, it's usually the power of the admins um, who control who's in and out of a group and in and out of a conversation. Um, and that's where you see, I mean, let's face it, we've seen it in news around politicians using WhatsApp groups yeah. to decide to gang up on each other. Um, and, and that's also what we see in schools. And so I think that can be, um, you know, often there's a preconception that it's girls that particularly experience cyberbullying. I think it's uh, the case that girls um, statistically tend to use more sites like Instagram. Um, mm. spend more time on Instagram and TikTok, not use more, they spend more time on them. And the more you're on them, we know this from research, the more likely you are to experience negative behaviour and online mm. harm, the more, more hours you're there, um, which makes sense. But for boys, I think it's sometimes just other arenas. I think it's important people are really aware of gaming sites as well and what goes on in gaming. Um, and again, that stuff can be quite subtle um, and boys aren't necessarily going to talk to you around what they're experiencing um, through gaming um, and their relationships through gaming. So it's opening up those safe spaces to, to have these conversations with young people. Um, I think the danger with research is the researchers haven't necessarily consulted with young people around the questions. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure we always ask the right questions. Um, and I think it's so important to be led by the young people that you work with to really ask them what, what's going on for you. Where are you spending your time? Where are you seeing these behaviours? Um, because it will be different for all groups of young people. It really will be be different. And everyone's an individual and is going to have different experiences with bullying. But I just wanted to go back to the, the gaming because that, that was something that hadn't really cross my mind and that could be girls or boys having uh, negative experiences online as a playstation 4 owner and um, joyous player at 41 um but i'm just thinking about that that how prevalent really is the the bullying online i hadn't i only play with a friend i don't do open sessions with sort of teenage boys and girls because it would be just too much i think but 
um is it is it prevalent is that really an issue that's coming through to kidscape yeah it can be a challenge and i think again it's all related bullying's relational isn't it and, it, and mm. so if you've got a group of young people that spend hours of an evening playing Fortnite together um or whatever it is then stuff will happen and they will have fallouts um and that's where it, it will play out because that's where they're spending their time together so it doesn't mean there's anything particularly wrong with gaming or um you know it's a separate conversation isn't it around the influence of some of these games but mm. it's more to do with the relational stuff um and how they're speaking to one another and um you know whether they're falling out with each other i mean my children game and, and their cousins game and and we have to keep an ear out because the next thing you know someone's crying someone's not being kind to me or they're mm. not letting me in this game or this so you do have to keep an eye on it but it's it's just where kids hang out that's where you're going to get um, you're going to get conflict and you're going to get harmful behaviour. And that's what you've got to keep an eye out for. But I think that's that's really interesting where we're thinking about, you know, you as a family having to to keep your ear out. And almost, I remember an episode with um, Sonia Murray that I recorded and it was all about play and um, development. But that idea that you kind of have to be the referee with your children still. And I think with online behaviours, that that can be really tricky to be, to be that referee and just make sure that everything's fair and, you know, step away when you need to step away, but also stepping in to role model kind of how we should be. But I, I guess that is slightly tougher with um, online gaming. Yeah, I think so. And I think it... it... It generally, this issue around parental supervision, once children get older, they move into secondary school, but you're not going to be there and you're not going to be in their spaces and they need their privacy. And they need to develop their relationships in, in their own time. Um, but things can get really tricky online and, and um, particularly around what young people say to each other online, how they speak, the type of language they use. Um, you know, known a lot of parents that get really shocked when they see what their child has said mm. or done or shared, kind of horrified mm. going around. And, um, you know, for my daughter, they, there was a class WhatsApp group in, in year six, and that's when it all started. And the stuff that would get said, because I, I would, she, she was only allowed it on my phone. Mm. So I would see the stuff that go around and you'd be like, wow, that's, you know, they're in primary school. Um, and they're starting to use this language and have these conversations. And again, it's because they almost feel safe within that environment to say these things and do these things, which they wouldn't necessarily do to each other face to face. Mm. Um, I think that's what we just have to be really aware of as kind of adults and educators is it a lot of it's kind of risk taking and experimental for children mm. um, in that online space. And they don't always think about what harm is going to be caused by what they're doing. I do think there's a degree of separation online, which is really, really damaging. Um, but what we tend to see with young people in bullying is that um, what happens online is is often an extension of what's going on in the, in the school day. Mm. Um, and probably the child that's getting it in the WhatsApp group in the evening is probably not having a great time in school during the day either. Um, and the mm. things are often interrelated for, for young people. Um, so I think that's, you know, something to bear in mind. It, again, it's relational. It's around what's going on in that peer group and what those those friendships and relationships are like for those young people. I, I was really expecting in our chat that there would be a kind of distinguished kind of, yes, this is how girls bully. This is how boys bully. And it would be, I don't know, that there would be a, a bit of a line. But I suppose for, for me, you know, hearing your points, it really is that that relational bullying is so prevalent. 
but it might just be how girls might express it differently uh, to boys if we're you know thinking about it in that way it's been really interesting yeah and I think it's hard because it's about the stereotypes as well I think girls mm. feel very pressured to have the best friend mm. and to have the close group whereas boys are almost given more permission to have lots of friends and even that in and of itself I mean at Kidscape we always say try not to have a best friend try to have lots of friends because mm. it's a, that's a lot safer place to be um, but because girls are kind of pressured to have the best friend or to have the small clique that's when things go wrong. Um, so almost there's some freedom for boys, almost in that they're encouraged just to have a number of friends, a number of mates. And again, it comes back to gender stereotyping mm. and the effects that that has on young people's relationships. So I think it can look like girls have more of that stuff. I think that's partly because they're pushed into these very intimate relationships at a young age, when actually what would better serve them would be to feel like they can be friends with everybody mm, and yeah. that girls and boys can all be friends with each other, would be much healthier. I know I hadn't thought of that there is a time in um sort of I think about reception age so like four or five where the the gender divide kind of starts I think a bit more there um and it's yeah it's interesting that we know that that is a maybe a societal thing and obviously some boys might have common interests some girls might have common interests but it isn't people necessarily being grouped by interests it's um grouped by gender from the age of four or five and and that can cause difficulties sort of girls against boys and creating this divide that really isn't helpful either no and it, it, it is it it's it's really sad as well because when they go up to secondary you get even more of that where if you're friends with a boy or you're friends with boys particularly lower secondary it's seen like oh, are you having a relationship together are you girlfriend boyfriend mm. and then as they get older and move towards sixth form in a healthy school environment like, you then see them mixing again more, yeah um which is really really positive in less healthy school environments i think you'll see you'll still see that differentiation between mm. girls and boys and for me that's a bit of a warning sign I think you want girls and boys to be able to have really positive, healthy relationships with one another. Um, I think that, and that, I think we, you know, when I, when I was at school, we went, we were in quite a liberal, progressive state mm -hmm. secondary school looking back and the girls and the boys had really good relationships with each other. Mm. Um, and it was brilliant. And that's how you want it to be. Um, and actually in my school, there was quite a bit of gender fluidity. And for, for the time, this is in the nineties, quite a lot of um, celebration of, you know, I had friends who were gay who'd come out and it didn't feel like a toxic environment. It was quite mm. open. And I think that's because it was a school that really supported healthy relationships and encouraged healthy relationships, um, which I think is, is absolutely key to this. Because I think what we tend to see, we see a lot of bullying in single sex schools, which is interesting. Mm. And there is some research around that. But I think when you've got a really healthy um, mixed school, I think that's a good place to be um, mm. because I think girls and boys can be real sources of support to one another um, when it's when it's a, when it's a healthy environment. And I think if you're in a situation where there's high levels of sexual harassment and we, we've seen this haven't mm. been coming out in, in research, I think that's because the work hasn't been done around really good relationships between girls and boys and what that looks like. Um, and again, then all that toxic stuff starts to get played out in, in secondary school. Um, but you've got to support this from a, from a really young age. And it is about breaking down those stereotypes and, and supporting young people just to be themselves and to be individuals.
Yeah, absolutely. And that that relational aspect that that you've talked about. So the idea that we're coaching, role modeling, supporting children, young people to be able to navigate those relational difficulties in a more healthy way. I think that's really key from everything that we've talked about. And um, it's definitely something I'll, I'll take away from our chat. I'm conscious of time. I could literally talk about this topic all day. I was about to go off on a massive tangent and I had to reel myself back in because otherwise it will be way over time. But could you just um, give us three tips, Lauren, to finish off? Oh, three tips is such a big subject. But I think number one has got to be support your child and the children in your care to be individuals, um, which means being really confident and secure in their identity number one number two to celebrate difference to really see that as a positive um and then i think number three is probably that point around um being real advocates of healthy relationships and mm. encouraging children and young people to be friends across gender um and not to hold too tightly to the best friend model um, but to kind of look to have lots and lots of friends and include others who are different to themselves because it's the safest place and the happiest place to be ultimately. Absolutely. I stole one of your tips right at the end there. So apologies for that. Um, it's been a real pleasure, Lauren, to speak to you. Really interesting chat. And hopefully we'll have you back on the show soon. Oh, thanks, Claire. You've been listening to the My Family Coach podcast. Thank you for joining us as we lift the lid on the challenging world of child behaviour. Remember to subscribe to listen to all our episodes and there's heaps more helpful support for all your parenting needs on the My Family Coach website. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.